movie, veterans speak against military wokeness. Danny Ray's mind-blowing magic. Author and speaker Ruth Graham. And one-of-a-kind performance by the Glamourlies. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee! We've got a great studio audience here in our theater, and we are so very glad to have you with us. We've got a terrific show lined up. You are going to enjoy yourselves. A lot of just fun stuff tonight and some serious stuff. Uh, you know, this week, we observe Veterans Day. And quite frankly, we should never, ever miss the opportunity to salute and thank the men and women who have served in our armed services. And it really doesn't matter whether they serve by volunteering or by accepting being drafted during the time in our nation's history when we called up young men to fight our wars. They had to comply, but their doing so put them in the position of agreeing to the service and sacrifice for our country, as well as the preservation of our liberty. Now, while certain benefits have been established for veterans, like the VA, the GI Bill, that enabled many veterans to attain additional education, or even the right to be buried in a military cemetery. We will never overdo just saying thanks to those who put their very lives in harm's way to keep the battles of destroying freedom from happening in our streets and neighborhoods. Sadly, a lot of veterans have not fully realized the gratitude of their nation for their service. Many of the homeless people in our streets are actually veterans whose time in combat left them mentally and emotionally shattered, and some have turned to alcohol or drugs, and they ended up on the streets instead of in hospitals or rehab centers. Other veterans, especially from the Vietnam era, were never fully appreciated when they returned from war, and many suffered from chemi chemical exposure to Agent Orange or napalm, resulting in some severe health consequences. Often, veterans have been put through mountains of paperwork and government red tape and financial peril just trying to secure the benefits that were supposed to be assigned to them. I've often said, the first fruits of our treasury ought to go to those who put their lives on the line for the rest of us. And their earned benefits ought to be paid even if it requires the dismantling and selling off of every monument and government building in Washington, D.C. We owe that to our veterans. So when I heard from the Wall Street Journal that the Biden administration planned to give up to $450,000 per person to illegal immigrants because they were separated from their families during the course of their breaking the law by coming into our country unlawfully, I thought, surely not. We're not that dumb. And initially, President Biden himself denied it. And he said that those reports were 
garbage. If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report? Yeah. Well, within a day, his own Justice Department and press secretary were saying eh, there were payments of that amount planned for illegals. In a stunning display of arrogance, the White House acting press secretary claimed that giving away billions of American taxpayer dollars in one-time amounts to illegal immigrants that would exceed the 15-year earnings of many of our veterans was totally justified. And of course, prompted by what she claimed were the cruel actions of, wait for it, Donald Trump. If it saves taxpayer dollars and puts uh, the disastrous history of the previous administration's use of zero tolerance and family separation behind us, the president is perfectly comfortable with the Department of Justice settling with the individuals and families who are currently in litigation with the U.S. government. Hmm, maybe it wasn't garbage after all. Not long after that, Joe Biden himself must have been told what he was doing, but had denied previously. Turned out the reports weren't garbage. And Biden exploded in anger when asked about it, calling the payouts of $450,000 to illegals deserved. If in fact, because of the, the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child, you lost your child, it's gone. You deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. You deserve it. You know what's garbage? It's letting our veterans wait for and be denied access to medical care or housing while people who snuck into the country illegally are rewarded with a staggering sum of cash coming right out of the pockets of people like you. That's garbage. And President Biden says these illegals deserve it. I would ask why. You know who does deserve it? Who does deserve compensation if anyone does? It's not the people who broke the law. It's the veterans of our country who preserved the law. That's who deserves it. Joe Biden is giving out taxpayer money like trick-or-treat candy. And he says that illegals deserve it because some of them were separated from their families. Dear God in heaven, what about the soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Coast Guard members who got separated from their families while they went halfway around the world to get shot at? And some of them never came home. Their separation was permanent. And by the way, if they get killed in the line of duty, the death benefit for one of our men or women in uniform is $100,000. So are you okay that Joe Biden thinks an illegal immigrant temporarily separated from family deserves four and a half times what one of our heroes gets who is permanently separated from his or her family? I say to my Democrat friends and never Trump or Republicans who voted for Joe Biden because they didn't like Donald Trump's tweets, snap out of your complacency over policies that are a slap in the face to our laws, your hard-earned money, and most of all, our heroes who wore the uniform, served our flag of this once great and grateful nation.
Now more than ever, we need to fight to preserve the grateful nature of our nation for our military veterans, as well as the integrity of the services that our military veterans served in. Today we're faced not just with bad fiscal policy regarding our veterans, but with woke policies permeating their former services. My first guest tonight are three former military officers who can speak into how wokeness has crept into the military and what's got to be done to turn things back around. That's coming right after the break. Do not miss it. Stick around. We'll be right back. Learn about tonight's guest. Enjoy exclusive content. Plus, watch full Huckabee episodes. Check out the brand new Huckabee.tv. I'd like to give a shout out to my two brothers that are both veterans, and my dad and my grandfather. I've always been really proud of my dad and uh, what he's accomplished. My favorite veteran is my father, W.C. Brown, who fought in World War II. My first guests tonight are American Patriots. They're veterans, and we honored their service this past week, but they're here with a warning about the wokeness in the military that threatens to undermine American values. And it could even be a national security threat. But they're working to counter that threat to our freedom and stand up for our country. Would you please welcome to the show Tom Burbage, a veteran Navy pilot with more than 3,000 flight hours under his belt. He also served as executive vice president and general manager of the F-35 and F-22 program at Lockheed Martin. Lieutenant General Rod Bishop, 34 years in the U.S. Air Force and commanded the 3rd Air Force at Ramstein Air Base in Germany. He's now president of Stand Together Against Racism and Radicalism in the Services, called STARS. And Kendall Qualls, who served as an artillery officer in the U.S. Army and now president of Take Charge, championing hard work, education, faith, family, and free enterprise in the pursuit of the American dream for everyone. By the way, he's also a former congressional candidate. Gentlemen, welcome, all of you. So good to have you, and thank you for joining us on this show in which we're saluting our veterans. Tom, I want to start with you because you and I have had some personal conversations over the past year or so. There's some things going on in the military that as someone who graduated from the Naval Academy, served our country, and has continued to serve it even in the private sector, I know it's been disturbing. So what do you see happening that you feel like a lot of Americans are unaware of. Well, Governor, I, I sense there's a lot of bets in the audience out here, so I'd like to put it in kind of in terms of how a veteran would see it. Uh, and that is that there, there's two words that are fundamental to military readiness and, and esprit de corps and, and leadership, and that's pride and trust. And it's pride in your country, it's pride in the unit you serve in, it's trusting the guy next to you. Those things are so important, and we see some storm clouds coming that actually threaten both of those directly. And General, you know, when I'm thinking about uh, what's happening in our service academies, there's uh, all indication that some of the curriculum is now focusing on critical race theory, maybe not in name, but basically saying that America's an evil country, that our origins were bad and, and that they need to be fixed and we need to apologize for them. 
And yet the military has historically been the one place that is a true meritocracy. What, what's happened in our military since people like you and Tom and Kendall have served? It's a great question, Governor. I wish we knew the answer to that. Mm. Um, one thing that binds all of us together up here, and I, and I think your audience, is, is a great love and a passionate love for America, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> what is happening to the, to the leadership and why they're taking the military down the, the path, we can only conjecture it. But we do know, we do know with certain, with great certainty that it's happening. And we do know that the negative effects on readiness are pretty evident and potentially in the future, retention and recruiting as well. Kendall, when you signed up for the military several years ago, um, did you ever feel like that you were disadvantaged because you were a person of color, that somehow that made it so that you would never be able to be treated fairly and equally? You know, it, what's interesting, Governor, is that in the military, and especially in the Army with, with serving, it, it is so much about we're all on the same team. Yeah. We, we're all Army green, and we're here with so, something bigger than ourselves. And it was the one place where meritocracy was something that you can count on as far as promotion opportunities and other opportunities. It, it was the one area that, that was a model for the rest of the country to emulate. There was a, a famous moment which... Uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, uh, really kind of just laid it out that his biggest concern as a military leader is whether or not we're going to understand white rage. I want to watch this. I want to get your reactions to it. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. Tom Burbage, you were a graduate of the Naval Academy. I mean, that, that's a pretty big deal to get in. It's an even bigger deal to get through it and live to tell about it, and, and yet you're one of those folks. He was talking about the military academies being places where we are better trained for white rage. How important was that when you went through to become a naval aviator, one of the toughest jobs in the military? It was not a term I ever heard before these days. Yeah. So it wasn't something that was taught. It wasn't something that existed as far as I knew there. Just didn't see it. You started the organization with others called the Calvert Group, and uh, th these are all guys that you graduated with at the Naval Academy. What has, what has motivated you guys, and what are you able to start seeing happen among your brethren from the Naval Academy and, and the Navy in general? We're seeing awareness is probably the biggest thing. Like, you know, people just haven't seemed to be aware of what's happening to the country and to the services, and even more important, to the K through 12 school system which has suddenly become you know, a magnet for, for parents that are able to look over the, their children's uh, shoulder and see what's being taught. All those things sort of converge at the service academy level because that's the candidate pool coming in and the tops down social engineering is, is forming these kinds of opinions. So it's a real tough job right now. Um, I did go to the Naval Academy recently and I did meet with the superintendent and he's been looking into it and he told me that he hasn't found any evidence <coughs> of, of uh, systemic racism um, which was encouraging to me that, yeah. that they've been sort of forced to look at it, but they haven't really found anything there. So it just hasn't been, it's not part of your upbringing when you're in the service. You're in the service for all the reasons that Kendall and Rod said. You're not there to separate classes or, or look at the skin color or anything else. It's, it's, we all bleed red. And generally it would seem that the most important thing is that the people who are in the military are ready to fight and die 
not be understood. I, I guess if, if it's all about feelings, maybe I didn't understand something, but I doubt when you went into the military, somebody told you that it really mattered how you felt. <laughs> You're 100% correct. <laughs> You know, I, th I think on the same day of the clip that you said, our Secretary of Defense said, uh, we're not teaching critical race theory. To a degree, he's right. They're not teaching the theory like you teach communism or Marxism. They are indoctrinating our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, uh, guardians with the tenets of critical race theory. And that's what's dangerous. So that's why... You add that together with the love of the country. That's why we're standing up and saying, this has got to stop. And, and I think we're so grateful that those of you who have served are, are not just saying, well, you know what, that's, that's something for the younger uh, veterans to worry about. Kendall, speak to the practical impact. If we change our military focus from readiness, from teamwork, camaraderie, sacrifice for each other, to this sense of, uh, making sure that nobody gets their feelings hurt and that we all are uh, able to have social justice. What is the practical effect of that in terms of if, if America has to go to war, what happens? Well, here, here's the issue with that, Governor. You know what, we'll have a bunch of social justice warriors in uniform instead of real warriors that we need to win battles. Mm. That's the issue. And, and if I can take exception to the general's comments that he made, because it's a false narrative. General Miller. General Mill. Yeah. Just, not your, not this general. Not this general, yeah. I love this general. He really wanted to make sure we got that right. I don't blame you, General. I'm done this one. Yeah, this okay. One. Um, here, here's the reality that I, that I share publicly. This is the least racist period in our country's history mm. and the least racist country in the world. Yeah. And I say that, and I say that reality. My parents grew up in the Jim Crow South. Yeah. My, my father-in-law, who served for 30 years in the Army, grew, grew up in, in the state of Tennessee when it was still in Jim. They would have loved to have grown up in the America that I grew up in. Mm. We don't talk about our progress enough in this country of where we are today. Can I just say not only thank you, but you have demonstrated something remarkable here. We've got a guy from the Navy, the Air Force, and the Army, and you haven't even gotten into one single argument the whole time. Well, that's, We're joint. We're that's, joint. Because there's no, that's because there's no Marines sitting on this. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and the Marines in the crowd are going to come up, and it'll, it'll get rough now. I want to say thanks to all of you, and uh, there's a lot more. And if you want to learn more about these three great men, I want you to head to our website, Huckabee.tv, because there we have connections where you can get a whole lot more information about the organizations that they have started. And if you are a veteran or maybe you're serving an active duty, I hope you'll connect through Huckabee.tv. Find the link to what they're doing. Join their efforts. Well, we've got a real treat for you after the break. Keith Bilbrey is standing by because we pay him to tell you about it. Here he is. Oh, yeah, only the best news with Mike Solarius in case you missed it, news stories. Then, world-renowned magician Danny Ray is on Huckabee. Nephew Christopher Hayes from Kansas City area, Navy veteran. Naval Chief Grant Hooks, 
Grant, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for protecting our country. And we just want to say we love you, Poppy, and we thank you for your service. And welcome back. Hey, Keith, do you think there's anybody in all of America that gets to do a show with a band like Trey Corley and the Music City Connection? I don't know of anybody. They really Thank you, are. guys. Thank you, sir. They're the best. What do you, what do you think about the green hat? I, I'm telling him, green's just not his color. Well, you know, duck season starts this weekend in Arkansas, so when you talk wow. about green heads, uh -huh. I totally understand, but I don't think Trey wants to be a greenhead no, no, no. in the woods of Arkansas no. this weekend. No. Great hat, but celebrate great the hat, nerd, but man. Don't be a greenhead. <laughs> Not a safe thing. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but we had a 2021 Country Music Award winner in our midst last week. We did. We just didn't know it last week because the awards were this week. Uh, accompanying singer-songwriter Tia Goins on fiddle was the incredibly gifted Janae Fleener. Congratulations to Janae because she won CMA Musician of the Year this week in Nashville. Yeah. And that, by the way, is the second time in two years that she has won that prestigious award. And one other thing, Keith, that I got to toss in here, she is from Springdale, Arkansas. I knew you were going to bring that I up. I have to do that. <laughs> and we just want to say, way to go, Janae. We are going to have you back on our stage soon as a solo act, because it'll be great. She's amazing. Just, she really is. I mean, is. the real deal, too. Wonderful person. Yeah. She's from Arkansas, Keith. Uh, I just, you just wanted you to know. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. from fake fires to imaginary girlfriends, we've got the news that you will not believe on our segment called In Case You Missed It. All right, first up, this is Carmen and Travis Long's home in Riverside, California. Tragic, right? I mean, it's just so sad. It looks like a four-alarm fire. Well, don't be too alarmed. It's not a fire. It's a Halloween decoration. Whoa. Pretty good one, huh? Probably a little close to home for but, you. Yeah, I don't think I want that one in mind. Anyway, Carmen <laughs> says her husband pirated the effect from Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean ride. All it is is some satin cloth, red and orange lights, and a fan. But the fire was so realistic that people kept calling 911. I, I can't yeah. believe that. I'm, I'm I mean, they thought the it. place is on fire. The operators were told to assure callers that the house wasn't really on fire. So they better pray it never does catch on fire because I'm going to tell you, nobody's coming to your house if it oh, does. Oh, it's the old trick Ooh. again. Yeah. But anyway, next Halloween, Travis plans to put up some ghost decorations that are so realistic, people are going to be calling you, Keith That's Filbury, right. the ghost ultimate busters. Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen my video, you need to watch it. And it's, it's classic. It really is. All right, our next story. The SmokingGun.com reports on a criminal mastermind in Vero Beach, Florida. I was just there on Tuesday night of this week, but I didn't meet this guy, and I'm glad I didn't. Matthew Huber. He was spotted allegedly trying to break into a pickup. He told police that he needed something to steal and sell because he was desperate to see his fantasy girl, Emma. Now, I mean that literally. Emma is his imaginary girlfriend. Mm. And he can only see her when he's, well, let's just say, flying to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he needed money to buy a substance to see his girlfriend with, among other things that aren't really there. Sadly, this love story did not end well. Huber was jailed and his imaginary girlfriend broke up with him. Oh, man, bless mm. his heart. Finally, our video of the week comes from Brazil where this highway traffic camera captured a surprise visitor dropping in to say, hello, hello, hello. Now, if you're headed north on that highway, <laughs> watch out for backups caused by a giant parrot. The video went viral and the parrot became so famous for flying up to stick his face in the camera that they've named the parrot Chuck Schumer. Because they say in Washington, in Washington, if you want to get hurt, get between Chuck Schumer and a TV camera. Yeah. You'll get hurt. You'll get injured. Every time. Anyway, like that parrot, I got to fly. But until next time, just remember, we read the news. Oh, yeah. Well, next, author and speaker Ruth Graham on Transforming Loneliness. Later, comedic bluegrass band The Cleverleys on Huckabee. Well, if you haven't already gotten involved with Samaritan's Purse and their Operation Christmas Child, please call them or go to their website and see how you can give. Tens of thousands of kids all over the world are going to get to experience the joy of receiving the love and compassion of Christ through some much-needed gifts. And you can experience the joy of being part of that by giving that gift. It's a wonderful thing. You do not want to miss the blessing you will get from being a part of it. Thank you. And God bless you for caring. Now, you all know her as the daughter of the Reverend Billy Graham and one of the world's most effective evangelists in her own right. She's also the author of multiple best-selling books. Her latest is this one. It's really timely. It's called Transforming Loneliness, Deepening Our Relationships with God and Others When We Feel Alone. What an honor to welcome back to our show one of my very favorites, Ruth Graham. Ruth, thank you for coming. Thank you, Governor. When I saw this book, I really did think, this is the time of the season when people really need uh, to have this message about loneliness. People are to gather at Thanksgiving, they're to gather at Christmas, but it's also one of the loneliest times that people ever have. You can be alone in a crowd. Mm. And a lot of people are, aren't they? They are. You can be alone in a marriage. It's uh. tough, you know? It's. Um, so many people are lonely. 54% um, of Americans feel like they have no one that knows them well. 44% are lonely. And yet loneliness, we attach a shame to it. We feel like we can't tell anybody we're lonely. Um, as a matter of fact, psychologists say that it's easier for people to talk about being depressed than it is about being lonely. Really? Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's because, and I experienced this myself when I was doing research for the book and I was reading a book about loneliness and I was going to a speaking engagement and I was going to take it on the plane and I took it with me and I began to pull it out and had loneliness in the title and I thought, you know, the man sitting next to me is going to think I'm lonely and I don't want him to think that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I put it back in my bag. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Now, when, when we talk about loneliness, you said that you can be lonely in a crowd, but last year when COVID shut the world down, there were a lot of people 
They really were lonely. Mm -hmm. They didn't get to see their families. They didn't get to see their neighbors. They were locked up like prisoners in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. What did that do to people's souls during that time of isolation? Well, I, I hope and pray that it caused them to ask questions about mm. God and that, you know, with God, we are never truly alone. But yes, we do get lonely, even if we know God. It's um, just because we know God doesn't mean we don't experience these things, but it can be transformed. We can still feel lonely, but it can be transformed into something that honors him and helps other people. The suicide rate during Christmas is the highest of the year, Tragic. which is a... It's almost remarkable to think that. It's such a happy time. It's supposed to be. But people have sky-high expectations, often not met, and they really do feel like that they just, they just don't belong here. Mm -hmm. what, what can family members do if they sense that they've got someone in their family that is clearly in a deep state of loneliness? Well, hopefully the lonely person, I'm, I'll use an acronym in the book, R-E-A-C-H, um, recognize the, your signs and symptoms of loneliness and what the causes are and then express it to someone else. Ex express it to God first. Yeah. Then express it to some, at least one other person, a, a trusted person, a pastor, a counselor, a friend. Um, and then anticipate that God will transform that loneliness. And then um, connect with other people. Mm. Uh, reach out. Uh, look around in church even. People are sitting by themselves. Go sit beside them. Connect with another person. Gym class, book club, whatever it is, connect with other people and then honor God with your loneliness. How do you do that? You give it to him. Hmm. You can say, God, I'm lonely. Be honest with God. He can work with that. I'm, I'm lonely, but I give it to you so that you can use it for your purpose and my good. You, and he will. You mentioned people can be lonely in a marriage. So even if they're surrounded by somebody to whom they've committed their life, you're saying that still can be a lonely relationship. Very much so, maybe more so, because couples don't get along, they're angry with each other, they're not communicating, they're emotionally withdrawn from each other. That's a very lonely place to be. And one of the things, if, if you could just give one just touch from the book, the lesson that you hope people will receive, what is it? I want them to reach. I want them Reach. to R-E-A-C-H, and they can read the book and they can just understand what that means more fully. But I think it's important for them to, to really um, recognize their symptoms, the sources, anticipate what God can do, and um, connect with other people and honor God with their loneliness. I hope people will read the book. Learn more about Ruth Graham, her writing, and her ministry at our brand new website. We've redesigned it to make it easy so you can go to one place and you can learn about all the guests we have on the show tonight, every one of them. Now, we've got some very transformational guests coming up and Keith Bilbrey is standing by to tell you all about them. Well, next, illusionist Danny Ray and later, Bluegrass Fun with the Cleverleys. More Huckabee is on the way. I'm here to uh, celebrate my son, Ben Newton. It's Corporal Barrett Thompson, uh, United States Marine Corps. Our veteran is Bobby Mass, Marine Corps, George McCaffrey, Air Force. Thank you for your service. 
welcome back. My next guest is a regular at the Magic Castle. He's performed jaw-dropping illusions all across America and in 21 different nations. Now, he's also a pastor, and he uses his magic skills to preach biblical messages, even to help couples build strong marriages. That's why his new book is called, No, I Can't Make Your Wife Disappear. What a great title of a book, right? Would you please welcome the amazing Danny Ray? Governor, I'm going to have you join me over here. Oh, that's dangerous, but I'll do it because I got to, you know, be nice to my guests. That's All right. what I'm doing. Well, it's nice to meet you. All right. You'll notice here I have a brand new deck of cards that's in perfect order. What's different about this deck of cards yep. is each one of them has a name on the back of it. So, oh. of influential leaders. So, this is Roosevelt. Okay. Over here, we have Eisenhower. So, different leaders that have impacted. One on there, Trey Corley, I think, is. A <laughs> uh, no, we no. do have. Who do we have? We have um, G.W. Bush. G.W. Bush. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, okay. in fact, you could pick any one of these, but it'll it'll show who you're the most connected. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You can't go with the King of Spades. You I can't? can't? Yeah, no, because that's Huckabee. Oh, that's, yeah, well, that's... That, yeah, you I'm can't do that one. to him. So, you're connected. Okay. So, I'm going to have you name any playing card you want. It's up to you. Okay. Um, let's go with the Jack of Diamonds. The Jack of Diamonds. Yeah. Is there any particular reason you named the Jack of Diamonds? Because you took the king of spades away from me. That's okay, right. Okay, all right. Yeah. Here, hold out your hand like okay. this. Just like so that. So, I'm going to place the Jack of Diamonds. I just want to show you. You could have gone with... Um, Crosby or Nixon or Giuliani or any of these, right? All of these different leaders yeah. throughout time, Cicero, Bob, Reagan, right? So mm. we have all these different ones, Rockefeller, but there's huh. one that you are the most connected with. And let's see who that is. <laughs> turn it over. <laughs> oh, turn it over. There it is. I'm pretty sure that's not right. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. I don't think. Get him out of here. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> you want to keep that, put that in your wallet? I really you know? don't. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome our next guest. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The all right. shortest magician we've ever had, the briefest amount of time. Right. Okay, so. So we're going to bring up the band, and we're going to have right. Keith come over, and we're going to do Let's something with everybody. give him a big hand yeah. and get the band over here. Yeah. Don't pick Nancy Pelosi's card. I know you guys can do better. All right. All right. Well, welcome. Will Let's... the circle be unbroken? Okay. Don't don't let us interrupt you, Danny. Go right ahead. Impossible. Yes. Uh, here, reach in it and grab a card out. Okay. Here, let's just do this. We'll we'll hand okay. out. Oops. Hand out cards here. Uh, yeah, one? that's that's. I know okay. which one it was. Uh, no, that's oh, okay. you're good. You're good. Okay. Here, tell uh, me when to stop whenever you want. Can we look at him? Yeah, look oh. at them, memorize them. Otherwise, it's going to be a different trick. Oh. Uh, here. Uh, okay, so go ahead, look at your cards, memorize it. You could even show it to the camera. And is it Lori? Uh -huh. Lori, I'm going to have you shuffle the cards. Everybody hand oh, their cards to Lori. <laughs> Keith, are you concerned? Yeah. Are you concerned? Okay, let's go this way. We'll, we'll see how hand good these she is. over. Yeah. Thanks for helping me out. I, yeah. I know that one. Uh, <laughs> All right, so go ahead and shuffle those up. Here's what's going to happen is after Lori shuffles them up is I'm going to look through the cards. I'm going to try to memorize the order of the cards really quickly and then find each one of your cards. So, uh. Lori, you have shuffled them up. All right, so somewhere in this mess, your cards are buried. Now, we could go this way. We'll go 
All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna try it out. All right, right here. On the count of three, I want you to name your card. One, you know what? You didn't think I could do it on one foot. One foot, one foot, <laughs> one foot. Here we go. On the count of three, name your card. One, two, wait, one foot, one hand. You doubted me. Oh, you doubted yeah. me. That one makes foot, it harder. Hand. One yeah. looking, what's your name? One eye. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, all right, Kelly. I want to see I'm you cover. I know, I'm, I'm trying to do this on one foot. You ready? What was the name of your card? Eight of spades. Eight of spades, let's see how I did. Kelly, did I get it? Yes. Wow. Yes, okay, uh, so oh there's the eight of spades. What was the name of your card? The ace of spades. The ace of spades, look, let's have the ace of spades just jump right under the box. There's the, you said ace of spades? Look at, there's the ace of spades right there. Okay, let's keep going. What was your card? I don't remember. No. Oh. <laughs> six of diamonds. The six of diamonds. Look, we'll have the six of diamonds just jump right into the box. Look, there's the six of diamonds. Oh, wow. Uh, Governor, what was your card? Four of hearts. The four of hearts. Look, the four of hearts will jump right into the box. Look, oh wait, hold on. The four, hold on. I knew he'd give you trouble. Look, you said the four of hearts? Four of hearts. Look, there it is. Uh, Four of hearts. Wow! That's uh, crazy. Uh, All right, uh, what was the name of your card? Three of clubs. The three of clubs, okay, uh, let's, let's do this. Let's have the three of clubs. We'll have the three of clubs just jump right out of the center of the deck. There's your, oh wait, hold on. That looks uh, a little bit different. Let's go there. There's the okay. three of clubs. Uh, okay, uh, what was your card? Eight of clubs. The eight of clubs, let's just reach in there. We'll grab the eight of clubs, okay. What was your card? King of Hearts. The King of Hearts. Let's one do foot. one one foot. <laughs> you know what? Let's do this. We have we have six cards so far. Let's do this. Let's take all of these and we'll turn it into your card, <laughs> the King of Hearts. Okay, we have one card left. Let's try something. Trey, what do you have in your pockets? Do you have a wallet on you, a phone on you? I'll Bring take out that some wallet. stuff out of your, your pocket. You have some <laughs> gum. You have a phone? Yeah. What else? Yeah. I had a I got mint. <laughs> it's not gonna work with the mint. Let's try the gum. Let's try the gum. Here, watch. Look, Trey. Look, look. Oh, Lord. No way. No. No. Way. no. Uh -uh. no. no way. Uh -uh. Trey, check it out. Look. Okay, that would have been good, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would have. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, Trey. Look, look. All right. This no is not. Way. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No way. Trey. That is what not was the right. name? I can't. There we go. What was the name of your card? That is not. Two <laughs> of diamonds. Trey, there it is. No. Oh, my. Oh, oh. my God. I saw the plastic wrapper on the gum. Yeah. I that was, yeah, that's 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 for you there. You have uh, another big hand wow. for Danny. Wow! Wow! I think he could make somebody's wife disappear. I I really think that that might just be able to happen. If you'd like to find out more about Danny Ray and his new book, that one I told you about, about how to make your wife disappear. You can find out more about it at Huckabee.tv. Right now, stay with us because right after the break, the Cleverleys are going to join us on Huckabee. Next week on Huckabee, Congressman Jim Jordan and Lee Strobel's Case for Heaven.
Well, we here at Huckabee haven't made any secret that we appreciate military veterans and everything they've given us. Recently, our team, along with studio audience members from across the country, had the opportunity to really give back to our veterans. Welcome to the great give back. So the Huckabee audiences are the best. And what you're seeing is all of the things that they brought in last week just for veterans. We've adopted 26 veterans from the American Legion in Gallatin, Tennessee. And we're getting ready to go over there and knock on doors and let them know how much we love them. Well, we really enjoy it when people come up and uh, thanks for thank you for the service or come in with, I have a donation. Uh, I have a tr truckload of food. I have a carload of clothing. Across the street, we have 30 units. Uh, we have 30 veterans there. We're overjoyed. And the guys across the street are probably excited to meet you. I am just overwhelmed with the community outpour. We just wanted to come on out and show our love to you guys today. Well, thank you very much. It makes me feel really good that people still think of the, the uh, forgotten heroes. And if you're looking for ways that you can give back to veterans, you can also go to Huckabee.tv and click on the Give Back to Veterans link for all the details on how you can help. Now, my next guests are so fun, you may think they've been smoking bluegrass, but nope. <laughs> Dr. Digger Cleverly, along with his nephews Ricky Lloyd, DVD, Stephen Tyler Dale, and Quattro, make up the faux family bluegrass band, the Cleverleys. These guys are serious musicians, but they have fun playing hit rock and roll pop songs in the style of bluegrass. Would you welcome, please, the Cleverleys? Yeah. Thank Digger, you, Governor. Great having you guys here. Uh, you're known for some light-hearted humor along the way. Uh, but when did you and your nephews even start playing together? Were they just little fellers when You'd, you started? Actually, it started out, my dad and his four brothers started the Cleverly Trio. Is that right? That's right. And then uh, me and my brothers uh, kind of took it on. Mm -hmm. And then I'm the, I'm the lone survivor of that bunch. And now I'm bringing in the younger generation right here. These are my nephews and, and my only grandchild right here. This is Quattro. Nephew and grandchild all at the same time. Yes, sir. Uh, where are you from, Digger? Um, We're from uh, Arkansas. Yeah, fact, I figured that. that fact, of we, course you are. <laughs> We're from a little town called Canespur, Arkansas. And I want you to know, when we was leaving, everybody said, hey, tell Sarah's daddy. We said, hey. I knew that's what they were going to wonder. <laughs> now, you guys have this uh, festival coming up. It's, it's, it's actually it's a dream of mine yeah? is to have this festival. And uh, we found a place down in uh, Murfreesboro. Yeah. We're going to move it to Middle Tennessee and uh, uh, down a place called Hop Springs down there. They don't know it yet. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't told them that. I need y'all to help me convince these people to let us have the festival what's there. It, what's it going to be called? What kind of festival? It's going to be called Limb Chicken. Limb Chicken? We're celebrating everything squirrel. <laughs> This is an actual event. You can follow us at Limb Chicken. You can, uh, we're on all, we just started our social media today. So y'all join us, like us and all that. And you'll be the first ones on there. Maybe the only ones on there. Maybe right? the only ones on yeah. there. I mean, because 
Not everybody understands the value of cuisine that centers around the squirrel. And, and let me tell you, it, this has become quite an event. Northwest Arkansas, the world champion squirrel cook-off. It's a real thing. My buddy Joe Wilson up there did it to raise money for an organization called Steaks for Sheepdogs. And what they do... <laughs> and what they do... <laughs> it's, an actual, it's an actual thing. And what they do is they go around the communities uh, that have fallen police officers, fallen firefighters. They call them sheepdogs. And they go around and they cook them world-class steak dinners. And they help communities heal, and, and uh, so he started the World Champion Squirrel Cook-Off to raise money for that, and we're going to keep that, keep that going. We're going to keep raising money for uh, steaks for sheep dogs. We're going to celebrate limb chickens. We're going to have stand-up comedy. We're going to have uh, some of the best bands that you can get for as little money as we can spend. <laughs> You, you might even be able to convince Trey and the band over here, but you'd have to give them an all-you-can-eat squirrel dinner. You got it, Trey. We're not They're any good, but we're expensive. Yeah. I got some squirrel tamales with your name on it, son. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Three of them. <laughs> uh, that's an all-you-can-eat squirrel dinner right there. <laughs> yeah. Three is about all you can eat. That's all you can. That's Did right. you know when I was in college, I actually used to fry squirrel in a popcorn popper in my dorm room? That is a true story. Now, see, that Does gives anybody you... doubt whether I'm a redneck at that point? No. Honestly, that gives you more street cred in my book. Thank you very much. <laughs> Not sure that I want it, but I'm glad to have it. So are you guys doing uh, a lot of new music and touring and stuff like that these days? We have. We, we have been blessed. We, didn't, we weren't sure that we were going to get to be able to hit the road this year, yeah. but it, people have been buying tickets. We've been playing shows all over the country. Just got back from a, a big stint down in Texas. Had a great uh, tour down there. And uh, we got one more coming up, The Art of Music. Uh, our friends Balsam Range uh, is putting on this uh, festival in uh, North Carolina, Lake Junaluska. Um, and uh, it's, it's a big festival for uh, grassroots music and uh, uh, the art of music. And we're uh, December the 4th. We're looking forward to that coming up. We're excited to, uh, to be able to follow you. And by the way, as the Cleverleys get ready to perform, we're going to have Keith Bilbrey tell everyone at home how they can get the music of the Cleverleys. For all things Cleverleys, go to Huckabee.tv. Don't miss the Limb Chicken Fest and Squirrel Cook-Off Festival. And watch their rendition of Justin Bieber's Baby after the show on the brand new Huckabee.tv. Now, here to perform, wait a minute, are the Cleverleys!
good does it do to play songs for her and hear her say Change it, I can't take 